just too excited. Welcome to the One Player Podcast. I'm your show. Welcome to the One Player Podcast. I'm your host Albert, and this is episode two ninety nine. Let's move, move, move. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Uh, we have an exciting episode today. It's been two hundred and eighty five episodes since we last talked about today's game. Unless we've covered it three, unless this is our third time, yes. I, I look back. So today we're talking about Space Hulk Death Angel, a classic game from Fantasy Flight Games that is sadly no longer readily available. And it was covered way back in episode 14. I'm a little surprised that there hasn't been any sort of digital versions of this one, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we'll get more into that sort of stuff. I think it's because of the license, right? Fantasy Flight lost oh. the license to this. So they just couldn't do it. And I guess Games Workshop, who knows? Who knows what happened? I don't even know. Maybe, okay. maybe there's some sort of issue because Fantasy Flight Games owns part of the license and Games Workshop owns the other part and they wouldn't agree to make it. Who knows? Possibly. Anyway, let's talk about today's game. This is a back to the table episode, right? Where we, we revisit a game that we've talked about in the past. Though it's been so long since we talked about it, maybe we could move, do a little more than just revisit it. Maybe. Because it has been a long time. <laughs> and honestly... I haven't gone back and heard the really old episodes, and I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how, just how good they are. So, so having said that, let's start from the very beginning. Okay, so this is a, a a game about space marines, right? You're you're tough, tough marines in space fighting aliens. That's what this is. It's a little tiny card game of fighting aliens. And it is technically a cooperative game where your goal is to make it all the way through the different terrains and manage to make it out to the escape vessel before getting overwhelmed by gene stealers. Yes. The, well, I mean, so there isn't necessarily an escape vessel. It kind of depends on the scenarios. True enough. Right. You play, yeah, but you are, you are playing through, trying to get through the ship to the final room and hopefully do whatever it takes to win that game. And so, yeah, it's a it's a fantasy flight game. So it's it's pri- it's a card game, really. It's all cards and some tokens, but really, it's a card game. I don't. I hesitate to call it a card game because I, I know it's not a traditional card game by any stretch. But it it's but it really is not. totally. It's a card game the way Arkham Horror is a card game. No, Arkham Horror is a card game. It has a hand. It has a deck. It has a discard pile. It has a board made made up of cards. <laughs> No, Arkham Horror does, that you run yes. Around. yes. But those are not what I would say are the the elements of a card game are hand and deck. Okay. Yeah, this game has no hand. It has decks, but it has no hands. Um, There we go. This is going to be a contentious it, episode. Deck of the bad guys. That's like saying Pandemic is a card game. Yeah, and there's an event deck. <laughs> Pandemic has a physical board and physical pawns and physical cubes. It, and absolutely not a card game. <laughs> it's a <sighs> pork. <laughs> ah, <got> so, no. <laughs> so anyway, so this is a small game that's primarily card cons- that consists primarily of cards. And it is a sci-fi game. As I said, you're Space Marines. It is set in the Warhammer 40K universe, which is actually a universe created and owned by Games Workshops, the, the British company. And they primarily make miniatures and miniatures games. They have a traditional Warhammer fantasy setting, and a and then there's a Warhammer 40K setting, which is in the future, 40,000 years into the future. And it has all sorts of 
sci-fi things and ships, but there are dwarves and orcs and all that kind of stuff in the future too. So it's basically taking the fantasy setting into the future. That's what this game is about. Um, should we talk about the, 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 what would you like to talk about next, Julius? Well, why don't we talk about the components? Components. Okay. So, so as, we, as we've alluded to, this game is primarily cards. <laughs> it's a, it's, I mean, it, it, you get a bunch of cards and you get a few different types of cards. It's a, it's a, it's got a set of uh, like seven space Marine teams in it. You get cards that have space Marines. You have cards for the aliens and you've got location cards and you've got event cards. That's primarily, I think that's all the cards in the game. It's like probably about a hundred and the brood cards, 50 cards The yeah, the enemies, the aliens are the broods. So and yeah, the train cards. Yeah. And train cards. Yeah. So there, there you go. And the, I mean like the train cards and location cards is a couple different things that they work together to, to, to create the map. But it's a very abstract map in this game. Well, no, the terrain cards are the the terrain cards are the ones that are the spots on the the board. Yes. The location cards are like your missions, like how much you have to yes. do and set up and stuff. Yes, and and it tells you about yeah. So okay, so that's what you're. And there's also one die in this game, a very notorious die. <laughs> the red die of death. It really is. Um, I will say. That was such an innovative thing from Fantasy Flight Games to, to put in a die that was just so cruel and vicious. I don't know why nobody else did that before then. <laughs> there's something magical about that die. And you get the die and you get a few markers um, that you could they gather dirt while you're played and you get to spend different ways. They're basically little resource markers. I forget what they're actually called right now. Um, there's the support tokens and there's also tokens. the markers to show... Uh, if you're playing actual multiplayer and can't remember your color, then there's a marker to show what color team you are. Uh, your team, yep, that's right. Which I actually use a lot for solo play. Yeah, it's it's convenient for solo play if you actually set everything up in a grid form. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so there we go. That's a component. It does, I know we mentioned it comes in a tiny box, or it came in a tiny box. This is a... Um, it still comes in a tiny box. You can find copies you, of it yes, around. Yes, if you can find a copy, yep. It's a, I call it a, a mini coffin size. Because the, the Fantasy Flight games had the large games like the Old Descent and Twilight Imperium, right? That are called coffin boxes because they're so big and long. They're, people thought they're like coffins. Well, this is like a really tiny version of that. So that's what they are. Plenty of other games have come in this size. Many of Fantasy Flight and other publishers have have made games like this. It's basically big enough for two, three decks of cards. That's about the size of it. Three decks mm-hmm. side by side. And nothing else. So what do you think about all the components? I think that the quality is great. Yeah, the, the cards are great. They shuffle easily. The They've got a nice thick linen finish, so they're very very easy to handle, very good to deal with. Um, the only complaint I have about the components is it's a little bit hard to tell which team is which when you're comparing the teams against the actual team cards for that you have for the characters against their three ability cards. Like there's orange cards and orange team. There's a blue card and blue team and so on and so forth. It's a little hard to tell apart. The The teams have symbols. Each team has a different symbol, like a hammer or a, a sword or other things, generally weapons. And for some reason, they are not clearly shown on the cards with the team members. And if if I wish I were there, because it would make it a little easier. But anyway, that, that was my one complaint about the cards. It's a little bit, sometimes it's a little bit hard to tell which goes with which. You can figure it out, but it it could have been done a slightly better. But that really, I think, is my only complaint about that 
I don't think I really ever had that problem with it. Okay. Um, one important thing to mention is the facing that you want to know mm-hmm. which way your guys are, are facing when you're doing that. It was particularly good of them to actually swap around the side of the car that things are oriented for the side that it's facing. Yeah. Um, what I find annoying about that is the art <laughs> doesn't have them facing the right direction. Oh, so like if I never no, noticed. Yeah. It's, it's super bothers me that the, arrow so there's an arrow in each of your guys and the way you'll do it is you'll set it up in a column and then everyone's going to be coming around your guys so you're not placing them in a room the only thing is in your formation and as your formation closes down so everything closes down relative to your formation so your formation is the only type of negotiation you have in it so your guys in your formation are facing either right or left and you actually flip over the card to have an arrow show whether they're facing to the right or the left of the formation and then there'll be things popping up on the right or left of the formation so a Mm -hmm. card which has an arrow on the right technically means that the dude is facing to the right regardless of the fact that their character art, the art on the card has them facing the other direction towards <laughs> the left, the card faces the right. Yeah. Um, and that really always bothered me. I was it, like, why it, is it like that? I, I never noticed that. That's funny. But so it's, they sort of did it well, right? That when you have the card, the, the guy face, if he's facing left, the image is on the left and the text is on the right. If you flip the card over, the images on the right and the text is on the left. So the images on the same side of the card that he's facing. But he's not facing that way. But the image, yeah, he doesn't change direction when you flip the card. Like the image doesn't change direction. It's the same exact image. Yeah. On the front and the back, facing the same exact direction in the front and the back. <laughs> I never noticed that. That's funny. So, okay. Um, uh, none of these are game breaking issues. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. They're, they're totally fine. They, they, you know, they, they maybe slow you down a little bit and make you say, huh, but it, it's, doesn't affect the gameplay whatsoever. Um, the other thing that maybe does affect the gameplay a bit is for the um, the broods. Um, those are the aliens. And so when they're coming mm-hmm. up, they have different icons to represent all of the different broods. And they're just black and white icons. They remind me of the icons used for the encounter sets of the Arkham Horror card game. And specifically the reason why they remind me of that is that in Arkham Horror the card game, those icon sets can be really hard to distinguish between them sometimes. And these are not very clear icons sometimes, especially when they're being referenced in small on other cards. It's not a color. It's not hugely visible. I mean, they are there, but at a glance, especially the three claws versus the one claw type icon, Mm -hmm. there are times where glance i would mess that up and well stuff happens oh okay and, and then basically what happens is you end up moving the wrong aliens or, or moving aliens you shouldn't have or not moving yeah aliens you should have that's it okay so yeah it, it'll have some a little bit of effect on gameplay i never i never had issues with those too much i don't think i hadn't noticed it if i did um okay so there we go that's all the components right we mentioned the the tokens the die and all the cards of different types the, well, what about the rules okay and the rules so the rule book is tall and skinny there's a lot of pages in the rule book it's probably like 30 pages or so it's not a hard at all game to play it's relatively easy i, I found the r- rules fine thinking back when i first got it i think i was a little bit overwhelmed by the rules 
I can't but, remember that far back. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't really, but but they they're they're not bad. It's just you kind of got to work through them slowly. It's like an, an old fantasy flight game. Is what it felt like. <laughs> huh. I, I will I will say when I tried to pick it back up again for the purposes of re-reviewing it here, I looked over and I'm like, um is there someone on BGG who has a quick summary? And the answer is yes. <laughs> I'm sure there's yeah. so I didn't find them to be great to be able to remember things, to summarize things. So I just I just grabbed from BGG. Yeah, it, it it shows you how far Fantasy Flight games came with their with their rules writing and whatnot. Because because these yeah. older and then even it's not that old because they they were around for a good ten or fifteen years before that, if not more. But you could see the difference between rules from twenty ten and rules from today. Yeah, I think that when you have, especially when you have the because of the format of it, because it's a small rule book, you have to really make good ways of cutting through it and finding what you need and. Mm-hmm and really summarizing stuff and it's not there and you kind of really feel that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's an arrow book, you end up having to flip back and forth a few times and, and they kind of set it up where they give you a rules. And then later on at the back, there's details of how to do certain things like um how to set up the, the alien. Like I found that a little annoying. You're reading the rule book. It says, okay, here's a setup. Now you're on like on page six or whatever. And it says, now jump to page 26 to see how to do yeah. the alien deck. It's kind of something you have to do when you have such a small rule book. You can't get a lot on one page, but yeah. And and then when I did get to page 26 or whatever to, to figure out how to set the deck, it wasn't entirely clear what I was supposed to do. Um, I, I felt some of it was was a little confusing. Fortunately, like you said, there's references on BGG, so so it's not going to be a huge crisis. By by the end of the first game, I felt very comfortable with it again. So no problem. And I, and I learned it from the rules. I did not go online. I mean, it's it's fine. It's not bad. It's it's not the best rules, but it's it's neat for what it is. It's kind of fun to see what the rules from the 2010s were like. How about the theme then? I assume we're done with with components and rules yeah. at this point. Um, I think so. The theme is you you are tough space marines, and you've gone into this derelict spaceship, and you're now fighting a swarm of aliens that are going to overwhelm you, and and you're trying to just survive. Uh. That comes through very well. <laughs> that trying to survive and struggling and things just getting worse and worse and worse as you progress. That, that part of the theme definitely comes through. The going on a spaceship part of it, not as much. It's very abstract in that, as Julia said earlier, is it? There, there is no actual board. You place your Marines in single file. If you're playing solo, you have, you have six Marines and you line them up from top to bottom. And they're, they're, that's their marching order. Aliens can move back and forth from from marine to marine and front or back. So there's a little bit of spatial aspect to it, but it's very, very abstracted. I mean, even though it's abstracted, it still feels it to me because all of the terrain and all of this, the rooms, those are very spaceshipy type things. They are. The descriptions are spaceshipy and whatnot, and the artwork is all great and all that, but, but it is a relatively light or not. It's a relatively abstract theme, um, but it works. I, I don't think it, it breaks the game in any way. I just think uh, you you don't. It's not like a board game that has a, a board of a ship and you're running around an actual physical looking ship. This is definitely more abstract. But otherwise, the theme works well. I don't know a whole lot about the Warhammer 40k universe. I know this is based on an older board game called Space Hulk, in which one person played the Marines and another one played the aliens, and this was turned into a small, tiny, compact version of that. 
more than that, I cannot say. Um, I am sure it's fine. You when you get when you play the game, there is not a whole lot of flavor text to give you a sense of what it's like. I don't think you really need to. You get they're they're big giant soldiers plowing down stuff. I think yep. it's fine for that purpose. Yep. I mean, th- think aliens movies, and and you got a good idea what's going on here. Actually, not so much the first one, but the later ones. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so themes, so components, gameplay. We want to talk about the gameplay. I think we've been jumping in and out of that already. We kind of have, but I want to make sure that that's very clear. So when you're playing mm-hmm. the game, um, every time you have a new room, you're getting again going to line up your space hulks, your your soldiers in a row, and there's going to be some aliens that are out on the left and the right. Then, in terms of setup they're doing for the room, there's going to be a terrain card that is going to be listed at the top. The terrain is going to have a set of blips, which are the backside of the alien cards. So there's blips on each side, on the left and the right. And those will be, you'll be aware that there are some aliens in the room, but those are the ones that you're just aware are in the room, but you haven't actually engaged yet. You'll deal some cards out from those blip whenever various cards tell you to. Uh, For example, something might say when you enter a room, you have to bring it out, or when you have the gene stealers happen, they have to bring it out. So cards will make them come out of those blips and summon to the different spots in the in the room and attack you essentially every one of your guys assuming and mostly i'm going to be talking about when you play solo but when i say your guys whichever team it is that you're controlling your guys will have a set of team mar- of team cards that you'll be able to interact with and play out Normally, when you're playing all in one hand, you'll just play one, and then you'll have to pick from the other two next round. If you're playing solo, where you're going to be controlling multiple characters, the easiest way to do this is instead just set up a grid of the different cards it is that you have access to, and then put a token down on whichever one you're selecting this round, and that'll show that's the one you select, and then you won't be able to select mm-hmm. other ones in future rounds. And j- just to clear that- up one thing, Julius said, uh, whichever character you're playing, you, whenever you what you get a team of two characters, two Space Marines, it's always they always come in pairs. Space Marines come in pairs, and I think if one of them dies, that the whole team just falls apart, and the other guy, I don't know, kills himself or something, or retires. I have an idea. So every if you're playing multiplayer, each person has two characters at the start of the game. If you're playing solo, you, you actually have to control three teams according to the rules, anyway. According to the rules, you have yes. six characters. I mean, I guess you could play four or, or eight or more, right? Because this supports up to six players, so that would be a total of 12 Space Marines on the board. I've never tried that. I wouldn't want to. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, that would be a really tall board. So anyway, that... that is so fine. you have three different cards that you can use. The first is you can have a support, a support card. Um, and the different cards will do slightly different things, but this is sort of what they do in general. There's the support card, which lets you support another Marine. So you put a support token on them, um, and those support tokens can then be later spent to be able to get additional attack or defense. Um, the next card you can do is you can attack, and an attack card deals damage to the gene stealers. So if there's gene stealers that you're facing and in your range, whatever your range is, so like some guys have long range, they can be all the way up to the top or the bottom and some people are a short range but deal more damage so as long as there's a guy right in front of them they can blow through a whole line of gene stealers 
Um, so you do an attack, and then when you do that, you have to actually roll. Um, when you roll, it's yeah, you have to roll a skull in order to be able to win. Uh, if you don't roll a skull, it's a miss, and you don't don't do the damage. So yeah. half the size is... of the die have skulls, and half don't. So it's fifty fifty when you hit. Yeah, this is the first time that die can be really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, the last of the three cards that you can use is the move and activate. Um, this is the one where you're going to be able to use the terrain cards. It also lets you move around your line. Um, so you can switch which side you're facing. You can swap positions that you can, you know, if you want someone else to attack, but they're in the wrong position. So around before you can have someone else move so that that guy can get into the right position uh, and then coincidentally also activate. But then the other guys in position to be able to do an attack or support or whatever that is that they, that they want to do. Um, so, and then you activate a terrain card. The One of the biggest things you're going to do with activate a terrain card is you're going to want to be activating doors. Um, in order to be able to get to the next stage of your quest deck, I suppose is the best way to talk about it, um, you want it to be able to open up new doors. And in order to be able to do that, you have to activate the door when you have enough of those support tokens on the door that'll give you the, the door will be open and you move, move, move. You move out. Everyone who's chasing you continues to chase you, but hopefully you can at least run away from some of them. I think you may um, be misplaying that one because am the, I? The, well, there's airlocks, right? So if you put the support token on the airlocks, when you travel to Nuru for each support token, you can remove one existing alien. Otherwise they all follow you. The anytime either blip pile is empty, you travel to the next room automatically. Yes. You're right. At you're the right. end of that I'm phase. Just... Yeah. <laughs> You're thinking of a different game or something. But yeah, so so you do move and, and that if you're moving and there's aliens in the room and you go to the next room, the next room is suddenly harder and you and you're carrying all these aliens from before, that's oh, that's exasperating. <laughs> <laughs> but the those airlocks are definitely important because it, it'll let you eliminate them without having to actually roll and fight. It'll be an automatic success, which is nice. Once everyone has taken all of their actions, at that point in time the gene stealers uh, the aliens will have an attack, uh, an attack opportunity, and be able to try and attack. Um, each of those gene stealer swarms. So if there's a whole group that is facing someone, you'll be able to roll the dice. If the die is greater than the number of the gene stealer cards, so then he survives. But if it's less, Ooh. he loses. So the die goes zero to five. So. If there's already five guys there, you don't really have much of a chance of survival. Yeah, I know. Right? Two thirds chance of surviving, right? One in three chance of. And, and failing here, how much damage do you take, Julius? He's dead. Yeah, you take all the damage. <laughs> Instant death. If you roll bad, you, you basically got. If there's one bad guy, you got a one in three chance of dying. <laughs> and you're suddenly down one space marine. And that is so cruel. <laughs> I find that the. There's no health in this game. No, yeah. Now, if you have support token on that person, you could re-roll the die and have a second chance. Or if you have multiple, you could keep re-rolling until you succeed or run out of tokens. But chances are, you're just going to die. For that, that Marine will die. That's why it's important <laughs> to be able to keep your gene stealers, the, the amount of gene stealers, in a spot low, spread them out some, kill them, all sorts of options to not have to roll that die on those mm-hmm. really high amounts. You will just overwhelmed um once you finish that so at this point in time you now have the ability to travel and so excuse me i yeah this is you're right 
Now's mm-hmm. the time when you travel. If the piles of all the enemies have come out, so now you get to travel, you remove some for the doors. But yes, you are taking those doors to be able to travel freely. Um, but yes, you travel when there's all the enemies are out and keep running. Once you've done that, you then have a new card come out. The cards are going to be an event which does a thing. All sorts of different things come up. Uh, it can move gene stealers around, things like that. It will also spawn more. So more gene stealers will pop out from the blip piles and they will summon to the appropriate spot. There'll be cards, the, the, the doors and the other elements of a room will have different icons on them. So the cards on the spawn area of the event cards will tell you where to summon the different types of the different blips on in front of your marines in front or beyond yeah so yeah basically there's four terrain cards out in in each room and your event is going to tell you two of the cards that get aliens appearing and you know you know which marines are at the terrain so you know where the aliens might appear but you don't necessarily know which of the four terrain which two of the four are going to get aliens and as they stack up, and as, if your line gets too small, the terrains may actually overlap, which yeah. is going to increase the chances that people are going to be summoning there and not spreading out, which increases your chances of dying, which is just a very negative loop. Yep. So, so there you go. That and that's that's basically the whole round, right? You you take your actions, the aliens take their actions, you draw your event, and and then repeat. Yep. And the aliens are also going to move around too. On those event cards. That's right. The event cards move the aliens. There's a symbol on the event cards, and it'll tell you which which symbol which aliens move. You compare that symbol in the in the event card against all the aliens, and any symbol any aliens at this matching symbol move. If they're in front of the if they're on the left side, they move downward. If they're on the right side, they move upward. Sometimes they sw- they stay on the same uh, marine, but they flip to the other side. They go from the front to the back, or vice versa, from wherever they are. And so, so the swarms will change. You may have a real small swarm right now, but aliens may show up from another marine, or you may have a big swarm and suddenly one of your well, the, no, when when they move, if the swarm contains any at least one alien of that symbol, the entire swarm moves. So you might have a swarm that has three on your marine, and the second marine below might have three other aliens, and the swarm on the top suddenly moves down, and now that guy's got six. And Ouch. even worse, sometimes they'll just flank, which is they just pop up on your back which can make it harder for you to shoot them. Yep. You can't, uh, you cannot shoot when they're behind. You can only shoot in front of you and, and those support tokens, you cannot do rerolls if they're behind you, only if they're in front of you. So, so if you got six aliens behind you, that's that next round is the, the, your Marines last round, unless you could somehow move and activate some, some Marines and maybe shoot them somehow. But that, you know, that's all the, the strategy and, and the tactics in the game come then. Yeah, all sorts of bad stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough game. It's I think with strategy, it may get easier. I've read that th- that it can be pretty winnable if you know how to play. It, what? I that's my understanding. I remember reading that there is a strategy guide in BGG, and when you read it, it makes the game a whole lot more manageable. And people didn't like it because after they'd read it, it took away some of the fun. So avoid that. Uh, keep the game really hard. I have found. As I've been playing, that there's some things I could do that are definitely better choices than others, in some cases. Like, 
which marine to dive. I know one of one of two marines is going to have to die the next round. I I have a good idea which is a better choice and stuff like that. So things things like that are strategy. I think there's probably strategy in when you move and when you don't move and how you use your tokens and whatnot. But there's also a fair amount of luck because when when you got to roll that die and there's you know you roll a zero and you have to kill an alien, there's nothing you can do about that zero. Zero is a zero. You're going to die. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What's What's interesting, or not interesting, what is really cool, but also frustrating in a way about the game, and part of the frustrating is also fun, is when you first start, you could do, you feel like you're doing pretty well, and aliens show, come, show up, and you shoot them, and they all die right away, and you add more aliens, and you're like, oh, this is going great, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win, this is no problem, and then you get a bad roll, and you miss all of a sudden, and then next thing you know, the one of your Marines dies, and as soon as that Marine dies, it gets harder, right? And after that, they just seem to die more and more quickly. So it feels to me like as long as you can keep everybody alive, which is never going to happen, it just it just couldn't in this game, I don't think. As long as you keep everybody alive, you're doing fine. But as soon as they start dying, it's going to end very suddenly. So hopefully hopefully you could get to that last room and, and finish the game as soon as possible. It's a very tense and, ex- and exciting and frustrating feeling all at once. And I think that that is... That is why this game is so well loved and so popular, because it isn't that die. <laughs> I don't have answers. It is. It is definitely not that die because that die is deadly. Yeah, sooner or later you're going to get a bad roll, and once you do, oh, <laughs> it, they don't stop coming. The die, yeah, because this is the ga- this is a game that feels like you have to continue to succeed every time because mm-hmm. as soon as you start failing all the fails very much start to snowball because when you have mm-hmm. less people, the aliens combine together, you have less actions you can take. You have less damage mm-hmm. that you're putting out. There's the, you have just less stuff you can do and they get tougher. So it's like, don't ever lose because once you start rolling, everything goes bad fast. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. That's just how it is. The, we didn't really talk about it, but eat, there's seven teams in the box, I think, six or seven. Each team is different. They feel different. The, 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 the cards that you play all have special text on them besides the basic abilities. And so each team has different special things they could do. And, the, and they all feel different. And so as you're playing the game, when, when you know you're going to have to let somebody die, you, there is even a tactical choice there of which team are you more willing to sacrifice. And it may depend on everything else that's going on in the game and what aliens are out and where they are and all that. Um, so there's definitely a lot of tactical choices in this game, I think. I mean, I'm not doubting that there's not a lot of tactical choices. I certainly agree that there's a lot of tactical choices. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is this feels like too much to me that you have to do perfect or suddenly it's just over. Yeah. And as soon as I'm not getting perfect in it, as soon as any rolls don't go my way, and I I don't I feel like I don't have enough control of those other than just a re-roll. Mm-hmm. As soon as those rolls don't go my way and I get overwhelmed, it's over. And that's disappointing to be like, hey, I'm I'm technically still alive, like the game isn't lost, but like I know that it's already going downhill. And there's not enough recovery and stuff. Yeah. Thankfully, it will be over really soon. (laughs) It is over really soon. Like, it doesn't feel like there's enough recovery to be able to fight your way through it or deal with the bad stuff and sort of, like, recover. There there is no concept of recovery in this game, is there? I mean, 
the only thing I can think of that might be a recovery is in one of the locations, there's a terrain, and it might show up in more than one location. I forget what it's called, but you could basically sacrifice a Marine to kill a bunch of aliens or something like that. And so, like, if if there's six on him, you could kill all the aliens at his location, but you sacrifice him. <laughs> and if if all the aliens happen to be on him, then yeah, you just you just bought yourself a lot of time because suddenly there's no aliens on the board again. That's great. But otherwise, but you're now down to Marine, so it's going to be harder. <laughs> it is. It's a unique game. It's very, very much is. It is a ridiculously difficult and frustrating game. Mm-hmm. It, I will say it hasn't come out often. I do enjoy it, but I, but it, that that frustration makes it hard to want to play often. But I still like the game a lot. And whenever I do play it, I'm like, oh, wow, this is a neat game. I really should play this more. Just not today. <laughs> I'm taking enough pain. I I th- I can't say it's awesome. Really? I don't think it is. I don't think it is because well, it's too frustrating. So so, and the problem with the game now it is out of print, right? Fantasy Flight Games lost the the license some years ago, and yeah. they stopped making the game. And it is well loved, so it is also very expensive. If you go look on eBay, you can find copies for a hundred dollars or more of the game. I do not think I would pay $100 for this. No. No, no, no. If you could get, I, I was looking through it and I saw one sell for as low as 30 I would pay 30 That's about what it was when it was brand new. Yeah. And that's that's a totally fair price for this game, I think. 60 I don't know. I mean, that's pushing it now. Definitely more than 60 I I don't know. I don't think I could do that. I don't think it would necessarily be worth it. There's plenty of other fantastic games out there, too. There's also they also did a few of the print on demand expansions. Did you ever get any of those? There's four different expansions. No, I never did. The the first one brought two new marine teams and some extra cards to use instead of the tokens, which I, I don't really like the cards, but I do appreciate the extra marine teams. Um, the cards could also be used so you could shuffle them to randomly pick which teams you're going to play with. The second expansion is I think just a bunch of I'm not sure. There's one that's a bunch of aliens. There's one, I think, that has new aliens and locations, so it's a different scenario, and they're harder. I think that's a Tyranid one. And that one, like, you're going into the... If I remember, you're going into the alien ship or something like that or, and destroying the hive and everything. That I played that one once, and I think I even finished it once. I don't remember it necessarily feeling very different other than thematically speaking. Gameplay, it's all basically the same. The fourth expansion is more Space Marines. I think that one brings seven new Space Marines. And that's it. So none of the expansions add anything that changes the feel of the game that just give you more content to give you more variety if you have the game and you and you want to and you feel like man it's the same over and over and i just wish there was something else to spice it up then yeah maybe you get an expansion then in that case either marines or aliens but otherwise you know if you, if you want the game to feel different no i think one of them makes it harder maybe one of the alien decks but otherwise i, I wouldn't bother getting the expansion especially the fourth one that one not as many people have bought it, I think, when when it went out of print. I didn't get that one. I wish I had. But I kept thinking, oh, I'll get it sometime. I'll, next time I order from Fantasy Fly, I'll get it. I'll get it. And I never did. And I missed my chance. Because as soon as the contract broke, they stopped selling immediately. So there's no chance to, unless you can find it locally. So that one, if you look on Amazon, on eBay, that's over $200 for that expansion. For 15 cards. <laughs> that's more than 10 bucks a card. Craziness. Yeah. That's about, probably it's probably about. Well, I don't know. It might be a whole. Let me see. It's it's seventeen. So there's fourteen marines plus the 
three cards per team. So it's, it's five cards plus another card. It's probably six cards per team times seven. So it's like 30-something cards, 40 cards, I, th- I guess. I don't really know. Like I said, I don't have that one. So yeah, so that those are out there, but I, I don't think they necessarily add anything, any of these extra expansions, unless, like I said, unless you really want more because you like the game and you're playing it already. If you could just get the base game, you're well off. Makes sense. Not not game for Julius. I love the game. I think it's fantastic. I will play it again at some point. I, it's I. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wish I could recover, but I keep jumping in anyway. <laughs> you want to recover from uh, the game? Yeah. <laughs> I need I need recovery. I need help. I need to break the addiction. Yeah. Well, I just keep getting killed. It's a fast game. That's the thing that's good about it, right? If you die, you die fast. So it doesn't <laughs> you don't suffer long. There's no time to <sighs> suffer in this game. <laughs> there we go. It's been a this game's been what, like a ten years waiting to be talked about again. And there it is. Yep. <laughs> Truly popping up out of space like a blip in a, in a spaceship. There you go. <laughs> All right, Julius, I, I believe we're done. Let's go, go, go. <laughs> right, bye, everyone. Signing out. Hoo-ah! You're such a good Marine. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DonPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.